Happy December, theater lovers! I am a giant child who adores the holiday season, so the next couple of guests were forced to indulge me and chat a bit about how the holidays have shaped their theater experience. Starting with today's guest, Mr. Ian Alexander, which I am super excited about because I thieved the name of this show from him. We chat a bit about that, the holidays, and he tells me about experimenting with different styles of theater productions. But mostly we nerd out about editing, so if you're curious about how Theater Sarnia's Step Into Christmas was made, or even how this show is made, this is the episode for you. On with the show. So, hello. Ian Hello. Alexander, and welcome to Sarnia Famous! Yay! Hooray. Hi! I'm so excited to have you here. First and foremost, we have to discuss the fact that I thieved the phrase Sarnia Famous from you, with permission. But still, I wondered if you could maybe talk about where that phrase came from. Well, b- before I get too far, two important questions... <laughs> One, oh. and I swear. Uh, yes, I, I would prefer you didn't. But if one okay. pops out here and there, uh, we have a clean rating on iTunes. And okay, yeah. I pride myself on that. I swear like a sailor. So I feel like <laughs> if I can hold it together, I have faith that you can too. But if one flies out, I won't kick you off the show. Okay, oh, question number two. I can work. So, like, two of the follow-up was, like, is it going to be really hard to edit all the bleeps in when I get going and forget that I'm not supposed to swear? Because people who know me know that I, it's an, it's almost a physical impossibility for me not to swear. I can relate. I know that it's a pain in the butt to go through and follow all of my F-bombs and whatnot. But I will, yeah, I will, uh, I'll PG it up. Give it a go. How about this? If you, as an editor could help me find the proper sound to bleep over people because I, I can't find the right sound and I, I picture myself going beep bleep over top of it in a voice narration so so yeah if you could help me out with that then uh, then we can work together you on that. To do it that way you have to do it that way now. oh your I'll, I'll let people in on the glamorous side of editing because I'm editing on like really old programs that like all of my old film school buddies shake their heads in disgust <laughs> and literally when i have to beep something i will and, and any sound effect really i will go on youtube and i will download a video and then just kind of cut it up and put it in and i will literally just find the, the traditional color bars beep sound and we'll take a snippet of that and just put it on top of and remove the swear word and, and put it on i'm actually a fan of like using as minimal as possible so you can still kind of hear, hear it, it. So the where, hint where, is there, yeah. You hear the F sound, and then I, I take the rest out? Yeah, that's kind of how I picture it, too. So far, I, I think there's only been one swear, and I was able to cut it out. But I think going forward, I'd like to be able to... Because I do think it's funny when you, like you say, when you can hear the first letter, and you get the yeah. idea without the whole swear. Like, it feels naughty, like it's there, but we're still keeping that clean rating. So, but that's a good idea. Yeah, the editing thing, I am using Camtasia. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, probably have heard it's something. Point, yeah. It was a program that I used in university for my library <laughs> diploma for a few things, and it is very rudimentary, like very, but I am familiar with it. But yeah, each episode takes eight to 12 hours to edit because I'm still learning and it's such a process. So yeah. Because yeah, I just want to talk to you about editing. I know <laughs> your Theater Sarnia podcast, so I should be talking about uh, performing and directing and all that stuff. But I was talking to my talk wife whatever. after. It's just like, you know, our whole lives are theater. I just want to talk about, like, editing with Dallas, because I know that she's actually <laughs> editing. And and we've listened to a couple episodes. Like, we listened to uh, the Jane James one. And it seemed like you were you were cutting in, like, all the... I, I don't know if you want me to give okay. all this stuff away. I can edit so it out. You say whatever you want. <laughs> Very true. It sounded like you were you were cutting out, um, like, spaces in between what she was saying. Like, is that, like, a timing thing? Or, like, you're yeah. trying to get, like... So I'm obsessed with podcasts and I also like when a podcast is 30 minutes. I like it to be a consumable time frame. So I try to get everybody between 30 and 45 minutes, but each interview is an hour, hour and a half. So I try to cut out space in between words and I also try to cut out like um, 
people do a lot so that I can condense. I and myself, I do this like um thing all the time is mortifying so i have to cut that out but yeah i want everybody to sound professional and competent and intelligent when i'm putting them on the spot asking these questions though i think a lot of the time they need a moment to think about it and often they want to fill the space with random ums and stuff like that so yeah i am i am editing a lot of it out did that answer your question (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I hope that, like, this makes it to it, because, like, I, I, as a listener, I would find this stuff interesting. Okay. I think the stuff I find interesting, maybe everyone else finds boring. But to answer your original question, <laughs> at the very beginning, now that I've gotten my business out of the way, yeah, I was flattered that you, that I had something named after a dumb thing that I did. I am, uh, I don't know if I would call myself a stand-up comedian. I don't do it enough. Some of my local comedian friends might laugh at me for being like, yeah, I'm one of them. I haven't done it. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely been over two years at this point. But uh, yeah, I people who know me know that I'm I'm kind of the, the grumpy guy, the angry comedy. And and my long bit was the irony of the, the phrase, Sarnia Famous, in that especially us in the theater, we all kind of think we are that or that is a thing that you can be. And you kind of have to create your own fame because, yeah, like there are, you know, there are famous people in Sarnia, like the mayor, <laughs> Chris Hadfield. <laughs> I'd like to think some people know who I am, but yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of an ironic joke. So, uh, but I'm flattered that your whole podcast is called that. <laughs> it is, and I did get the irony behind it, and incidentally, I immediately added Chris Hadfield to my Instagram page when I had it because I was like, eh, maybe one day he'll do an interview. <laughs> that would be awesome. But yeah, it, I do see the irony. And there was an incident when I, uh, we had just finished Wiz and I was at the grocery store and the cashier was like, you look really familiar. Do I know you? And I was like, well, I've been in a few shows around town. I don't go to the theater. I probably just know you from being in this store. And I was mortified. But in the moment, I was like, I'm so famous. No. So it is a little bit of irony. And one of my favorite parts of interviewing people is when I say, welcome to Sarnia Famous. And they kind of blush, but also chuckle at it. So it's a a great name. So I'm glad that you. Well, you're welcome. Did you, did you, I don't mind talking about editing. If that's something you want to, to talk a little bit more about, that's another fun thing. I don't really plan for these interviews, but there's always something different, even though we're talking about the same crap, really. There's always something different that comes out. Not, not, not to call it the same crap, but you know what I mean? Like, you've, you've had a lot of great guests on, and I would hope that I'd bring something different to the table, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not that I don't want to talk about theater starring stuff, but I would hope that I can offer a different perspective on stuff. Mostly because a lot of my editing work is actually through theater starring so it can kind of link back that way. But is that, like, your, the, the whole idea for your podcast is specifically theater starring or do you plan to kind of branch out? I have lots of ideas for branching out, but for now, ultimately at the heart of it was I just wanted to get to know everybody and saw this as an opportunity to do so. I really love one-on-one communications, interactions, whatever you want to call that. Conversations. That's the word I wanted. And Yeah, I like to talk to people. And this is just a great forum for that. So that was, but I, I do have ideas for, you know, potentially branching out maybe to businesses or even potentially say comedians or musical artists that play at the Imperial and might get a kick out of being Sarnia famous. I think it can go a lot of different directions, but for now there are so many people in the theater Sarnia community for me to interview that I don't really need to worry too much about branching out just yet, but the ideas are there. Well, congrats on your success and congrats (laughs) on the new t-shirt. Yes. Yes. Supporting Theater Sarnia's youth groups. Please purchase one today. Sarniafamous at gmail.com for your orders and inquiries. Thank you very much for that quick little plug. Welcome. That's what I do. Not only am I an editor, but I'm the marketing guy. So I find ways to be like, oh, here's a organic, natural way to work this thing in. Get your tickets now. Imperial yes. Theater. <laughs> yeah. And then I talk about it right after and I ruin the fact that I... <laughs> organically brought organically I can also edit that out so don't worry about it just cutting everything out but on editing no I I would like to know the process for the Christmas movie because you had a lot to put together in a very 
short frame of, of time. Nine days. Which is insane to mm. edit a movie. To me, especially now having done just a little tiny bit of editing, I haven't touched footage yet. I, I take footage, but I haven't, I haven't even come close to that. So so tell me all about that process. Did you see the movie? Mm-hmm. So for listeners who don't know, uh, last year, last Christmas 2020, while the Imperial Theater was shut down, and this was before the 50-50 as well. Like this is during a time where money wasn't coming in. And like the 50-50 money is going toward renovations. We can only spend it on certain things. We still needed to reopen and need to start having uh, show income. But it was during a time where things were a little bleak and we kind of, we didn't really know if we were going to get to open again or when that was going to be. So to your listeners, we made a movie called Step Into Christmas, where uh, it's originally started as an idea of, let's just set up some cameras and have like a like a musical cabaret thing, have a couple of singers and whatnot. And with the people involved, myself, my wife, Catherine Sulier, Brian Austin, the executive director of the theater, and Brent Wilkinson and Jackie Burns, two of Peter Sarney's best, when we all put our heads together, we're like, no, this has got to be a full-blown, Home Alone-inspired Christmas movie uh, with musical numbers that take place on the stage but how do we make all that work so and i only bring up just the bleakness and the the worry and we're all a little scared and we all kind of wanted to keep things alive and we uh we certainly tried a couple different things throughout the year before christmas time um we tried to do a, a filmed version of the war of the world's radio play and again a lot of lessons were learned along the way there but i think kind of what on top of the fact that I've been doing this for, you know, 10, 12 years, there was an urgency to do a good job and to make sure that it, it was a big explosive thing and it was something that everyone could um, enjoy watching at home. And also just kind of knowing that we're still here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot, like, it was bleak for everyone last Christmas. We all mm-hmm. kind of didn't know what was happening. So that kind of helped. We conceived, filmed, and edited that whole thing in six weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and I think it turned out pretty pretty it's good. You know? Amazing. Like, I think we, we tried to, le- at least I did anyway, I tried to lean into the local film charm a little bit. Now, that, that, that doesn't cut down on anything, but I wanted people to, to know that it was made by a small group of people. But to talk more about the editing process, I went to film school in the late 2000s, and it was a, it was a quick 15-month course, and I decided pretty early on I wanted to come back and start a film business in Sarnia and just, you know, make music videos with my friends, make short films. So I've had quite a few years to kind of learn this stuff, but specifically working for the Imperial Theater, for people who don't know, for the last seven, eight years now, I've been making promotional videos for theater Sarnia shows and, and I run the marketing. So a lot of that was before we used to do before we now do the media days where we schedule one day about a month before a show opens to run some numbers on stage and have some nice lights on stage. And, and I put together kind of a movie trailer because that's kind of my style is to make things really intense. Before that, I used to come in during tech week and I would film really quickly all one night, one run through rehearsal, like two nights before it opened. I'd stay up all night and I would edit it together and have it done early in the morning. Like I wouldn't sleep all day, all, all night. That's crazy. My point is I've had, <laughs> Quite a few years of experience just doing this type of stuff in that space. Like, I grew up in that building. I know the ins and outs of it. I know how the people work. I know how the building works. Uh, and I know how cameras work and all that stuff. But I think that contributed to getting a feature film done in nine days. And I don't, I think that if I made a movie for anyone else outside of that theater, it would not have gone the same way. I think it it comes really knowing that place, really knowing what our vision was, certainly working with the people that I did, like they're they're like Jackie Burns is incredible to work with. And when her and I get together, we kind of, our brains link up and we kind of both know what we're talking about. So it doesn't waste a lot of time, but yeah, but to bring it back to the editing, what I've learned as a filmmaker, and again, it helps to be in the theater to know what I want is I'm editing as I'm going i'm editing in my head and when i say editing as i'm going that doesn't mean i go home and i edit. i go home and i sleep that's all i had time for but i edited in my head i would yeah. shoot things because we didn't really have a crew 
we kind of anyone who was there could grab the the boom mic and stuff like that a lot of it was kind of just me in my own head and to uh to link together the musical performances and the ongoing story there's also stuff that like i i look back and i'm like i don't know how i had the brain power to keep track of all this stuff we were so overtired but like stuff just like eye lines and like 180 degree rules you know what i mean like when you watch a movie and it cuts to one person they're looking to the left or the right you want to cut to the other they're talking to so it matches up sort of thing when you're shooting a scene which is kind of a climax of the movie they're all kind of standing because we're also we're also social distance acting yes. we were social distancing yeah. everyone in the movie they're all for the most part wearing masks but we had to block everyone's um, in the climax everyone's kind of standing in the empty auditorium so we had to set up a camera to see one person talking and then set up another camera to see the person they're talking to and to match those eyelines and to just kind of reference spatially where you are when you're just in a room of empty chairs was a challenge. And I, I don't know how we did that, but we, we did do it. <laughs> yeah, but editing in my head really helped. And then I just kind of sat down and, and then went nuts. And really that what that movie is, is a collection of, I think it's 10 songs. It's almost like the way I would shoot a promotional video, except I got to make it an hour and a half mm. and put a story in between and, and weave characters and stuff. Because a lot of the musical performances we wanted to make big and music video style and kind of kind of steered away from being just a, just a performance film. Not 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 those things, but we we wanted more. We wanted to have a full blown cinematic experience and have the on stage performances re- really pop out. Really really have a music video style or or um, a lot of production value behind it. Did I answer your one tiny question about yes, it? Yes, it was know. beautiful. And it, it, it brought me back to, because I got to help for five minutes that one day with the filming, and it really was very intimate and a small group, because it had to be. Because I helped with that one scene downstairs in the dressing room, and I got to move the right. chair when she was she was going to move her, her own self on the chair, and then I was crouched down and moved the chair, and I felt so proud of myself for that five <laughs> minutes that I was involved. But it was a an obscene amount of work, and it, it amazes me that you were editing it all in your brain and like you said able to keep track of it and know where you were going and and you were shouting out there was another scene where I was just kind of hanging out in the back alley with the car and like you were you were shooting it in piecemeal someone's in the vehicle someone's outside of the vehicle the little girl's over there in the corner and then when I saw it it was all one like it just blended together so well and it was kind of neat to be there and see how you were shouting out like no you have to look this way you have to look that way and and everyone was like oh okay because I think when you're as an actor in that circumstance you wouldn't necessarily think about it from a cinema cinematography perspective so that was really cool to see that all put together and so being someone who hasn't been around for for Christmas with the theater I mean I was in Miracle on 34th Street but I I think that was a very small view of what Christmas might be like with the theater so what what kinds of things are normally involved like in a non-pandemic world during Christmas season for the Imperial I mean for I'll, I'll speak for like the last four or five years anyway because that's really where I've been you know there constantly there usually is the the rock and roll Christmas show the rock and roll Christmas concert I think it's called the uh, David Denise chalk put on for the last at least 23 to 25 years Carrie Beauchamp has been putting on the Nightingale chorus which we've all felt the absence of over the past couple of years uh but again that, that's been a starring a staple for li- literally over 20 years within the last four or five years theater sarnia has made sure they put on a big christmas show whether it's a musical or a higher production value play and i don't think that's always been a thing i remember when i was a kid when i was in shows i you have heard a lot about uh, george wood jr he would put on a, a pantomime that was usually jack and the beanstalk or uh Dick Whittington and his cat. Uh, what are the ones that they do? Um, I played the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk, and my little brother was Jack, and he made sure that he he ordered uh, costumes from Florida, like like from Disneyland. Oh my gosh. So I had like a big hula hoop costume and a giant head. Yeah, it was it was great. It was like being in a. I mean, George Wood and his shows definitely inspired a lot of the stuff that I do, and, and wanting to make things like a Disneyland ride, and and that's kind of what my experience with Jack and the Beanstalk was. But that was, yeah, that was, I was a kid back then. That was like early 2000s. And uh, so that was a staple for a while. And, and I, and, and again, I mean, like I, I went to high school and film school and I was kind of away from, from the theater for a bit. So I don't remember what actually happened, but I know that in the last four or five years, Peter Sarnia has made sure to put on a Christmas story, a Christmas carol, 
Miracle on 34th Street. Like we we kind of see a good response from people having a, a big Christmas show every year. What else do we do? Brian Austin Jr., the executive director. I'm trying to like for listeners who don't know who these people are. I'm trying to like explain who they are really quickly. He, he books a lot of Celtic musical acts, bands and stuff. The Bear McNeils are playing this year. But yeah, we usually it's it's a flurry of festive shows. I, I can only speak for like the last four or five years. But yeah, so I mean, th- th- there's a scene in Step into Christmas in the movie. Uh, where Brian actually, Brian, who kind of plays a version of himself in the movie, talks about how what was truly missed from last year was working shows, you know what I mean? Like you work one last big show on like the 22nd or whatever, and then you get to go home for the holidays and reflect and then start a new year sort of thing. But yeah, so like it's, I, I personally, what I usually get out of it is I get to work the bar and serve popcorn to kids. That's That's Christmas for me. At, at that theater. That's so cute. Um, and that was something that I definitely missed last year was, you know, some of my favorite times were, were like during A Christmas Carol, Christmas Story in the last couple of years, just working the matinees and having the kids come out to get pop and popcorn. I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a weird thing for me that I, that that's Christmas for me. And not that we really get a chance to like decorate for Christmas because most of our efforts are decorating the stage and getting mm-hmm. sets and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's always like a a nostalgic thing for me. It's just being being that kid when I was younger and I would go see it at Christmas and I could have popcorn and stuff and now being able to, I don't know. I don't know if that sounds cheesy or not. It is cheesy, but it's also adorable. And if it puts you in the Christmas spirit, who who cares how cheesy it is? Um, Oh, I just realized we got got going and I forgot. I always try to say like how I know the guest and why I invited you to talk. So other than having thieved... Sarnia Famous from you. I also got to work with you for Wizard of Oz. And one of my most fond memories of you (laughs) was when we were filming the individual promos and like the Tin Man went up and did his little thing. He's got his little, you know, oil can and he's being in his character. And then Lion did the same thing. And everybody was so professional and knew exactly what they were doing and then I went up there and I was like I don't know what you want from me I'm terrified there's a camera in my face and you were so sweet you were like you just need to maybe do a few of your lines just getting to your character and I think that's part of the reason why I I tend to go to you and I have questions because you you very gently held my hand in in such a tender spot because the camera I always thought I'd be super cool about it and there's a camera involved but as soon as that camera's in the room I am pooping my pantaloons so that's where we know each other and that was our direct time working together I also really remember when I did my audition, the second audition, I think it was, when we had to actually audition as the character. Again, so scared I could barely hold the page. And I looked up and you had this bright smile on your face and you were so engaged in the moment. And all of a sudden my heart was like, I'm going to be okay. This is going to be all right. So thank you for those little memories. You wouldn't want to talk about cheesy memories. There you go. I just uh, shared some of my own. That's that's great to hear. That's awesome. I, I it's nice to be reminded that I have that impact on some people because I spend most of my time being like, they hate me. I'm a grumpy pants. I'm so angry all the time. And I, I'm just covered in sweat and my, my breath is most scarlet. People must be terrified of me. So it's nice to know that like some people <laughs> are like, thank you, Ian. Thank you for that experience. I, I don't remember any less professionalism coming from oh you during gosh. the troubleshoot. I, I see. I was excited. I was excited for you because Wizard of Oz was after Miracle, right? Yeah, so I remember seeing you in that, and I was just like, oh my god, she's got to be the Wicked Witch. Like, she, she Dallas is going to be the new comedy person, and we got to make sure that we facilitate that and it's get her where kind. she needs to. I say we as if I... <laughs> I'm just like, in my head, I just have this vision in my head where I'm like, yep, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, every show's a blur, so I don't really remember, but like, I remember, yeah, you you, you being great for the, the, the promo stuff. Yeah, I think I was only on the Wizard panel as a producer. I probably didn't need to be there, but I was excited to, to see you audition for that part because like again in my master plan i was like yes the new character actor i'm so excited about that well thank you man the whole promo shoot was crazy it was one of the bigger media day promo shoots that we've ever done because everyone was in full costume and makeup which we don't normally get to do for a show because it's way too early in the game but we knew we needed to sell bethany teague's the director's vision and carissa teske's costumes and stuff we needed to make sure that that 
image got out into people's minds to know that we're doing full-on professional version of the show but also on the same day i think it was the same day we were also shooting stuff that were going to be used for the video projections in the show and like so that was one of one of my coolest memories mark bandura who did the the projections who does things that i think are just beyond cool from anything that i do we had you was that the same day i think we managed to do everything Maybe. the same day you were on you were on oh. the seat oh yeah it's gonna key in in post-production of broom and you were on a blue, I think it was a blue screen. Yeah. And Brian, Austin Jr., had your cape on string. <laughs> and I made sure I got behind the scenes footage of it because I'm like, this is the coolest thing we'll ever do. It this was is pretty the cool. Thing we'll I kind of forgot about that. That was a lot of fun. And having to just scowl and then look over at the, the camera, that was a lot more fun than because there wasn't a lot for me to do other than furiously pedal my bike. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> that. Thank you for reminding me. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you were on the flight. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the tornado scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it swapped over to... Oh, that's so nice to remember that stuff. I have a tendency to just more remember when I was so scared at <laughs> those times where just being so terrified. But it is nice to remember all the other stuff. I don't like watching the videos after the fact. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. People are like, oh, I can't watch myself or I can't do this, can't do that. And like, again, this is where Grumpy Pantsy and comes in. I'm just like, get over yourself. It's fine. We're all working on a thing. You need to watch and, and something that you said earlier, too, about all of a sudden having a camera crammed in your face. I It's been a, a process where I need to I need to learn, too, that and now that I'm on stage again, now that I'm becoming an actor again, <laughs> that there are a lot of pressures that I think us on the crew side of things forget that we, uh, not that we mistreat our actors or anything, but that we need to keep in mind that cramming a camera in their face, which is like, now you're doing commercials. You know what I mean? <laughs> like five minutes ago, you were rehearsing in, in Studio A in the rehearsal hall and trying on costumes. Now you're selling the show. Do it. <laughs> no Don't pressure. I need to remind myself that you can't just, you know, so that, that, that's why I try and be extra sweet to people i give them way too much direction and stuff because i have to it's a constant reminder like oh these are people who wanted to be in a community theater play not be yelled at by this film director i remember when i was promoted for heather musical which is always fun to direct a show and then do the promotional shoot for it as well working with devin wales who was the male lead in that show and like i think devin is incredible at everything he does so i just kind of forgot that he made a choice he even said it out loud while we were making the promo stuff and i had a camera stuck in his face he was just like i feel so awkward i feel so awkward i'm just like why you're devin wales you should be amazing at this and he's like i made my choice i want to be on stage it's a very different medium and i'm like oh right I'm crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. you should just snap into this. Yeah. So it, it's something that I need to keep reminding myself and not. So it's good to hear the story that you told me that I was a nice person to you because I'm always worried that I'm this big grump. I do not. I do not see you that way. Maybe I just haven't had a lot of interactions with you. Maybe I'll see that side eventually. But no, you're. I see you as very, very sweet and approachable and kind. Uh, but what good. a beautiful segue because I wanted to talk to you about. The fact that you just got cast in a role. Tell me all about it. So I decided to audition again. It's been it's been six or seven years since I've uh, been in like a real theater Sarnia play. And I should not be in musicals. <laughs> People keep. I was in Spam a lot quite a few years ago, which was it, I played Patsy, the guy that clangs the coconuts together and. <laughs> I sing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, and people are like, well, you sing okay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Frank Brennan had to do a, put a lot of work into me to sing <laughs> the simplest melody that anyone should be able to sing. So yeah, so I'm, I, I like to be involved in musicals, but I, I, I can't sing. But, uh, so, but yeah, but in, in terms of like being on stage in like a straight play, it's been quite a few years. Something that I didn't write myself. I mean, like mm -hmm. I did a sketch comedy show a couple years ago that I put myself in sketches, but like a real actual Peter Sonya run up in the, the rehearsal studios, Honest to God play. <laughs> It's been a while, and I've been meaning to get back to it. And like now is kind of the perfect time. Both me and my wife are in shows for the first time in our lives in a long time. Because the baby that we have is still small, it's kind of the perfect time. Like He's not that busy. We have four wonderful grandparents on call at all times. It's kind of the perfect time to do it. And other people have kind of, who have older kids said that too, that, yeah, we actually did shows when the kids were young, and now it's time to do it. She's still on mat leave right now. So, so yeah, so she is in the Broadway Christmas show that will be coming up soon. She can sing. She can sing very well. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully our child follows that path <laughs> and not under Yoko Ono jeans. But anyway, I auditioned for Barefoot in the Park, 
uh, written by Neil Simon and directed by Gene Simon. No relation. And yeah, and we've had we've had one rehearsal so far. I'm opposite Kira Knight, who we cast in Heather's the Musical. I think Kira's one of our absolute best, so I'm super excited to work with that cast. Uh, Charmaine Jacqueline is in it. Ron Pass, uh, Joe Agox, uh, a new guy named John Maitland. We're always excited to have new blood. We're like we're just like we're ravenous beasts. In the cave. Like, I don't know if you felt that because you're you're a relatively new person too. You kind of came out of nowhere. Did you, did you find that everyone was kind of like welcome? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Everyone was friendly and kind. No, I didn't feel like fresh meat necessarily (laughs) otherwise maybe i wouldn't want to do this podcast like wouldn't necessarily want to get to know people if if i felt scared but no it was a warm warm reception i always worry that we're we're all too intense hello (laughs) let us all add you on facebook immediately but no uh barefoot in the park is great yeah gene gene simon is great to work with i've never been uh directed by her yet yeah we're again we're only one rehearsal in and it's interesting to rehearse post-COVID, there's still some stuff that we're figuring out. And like, my wife and I have been super diligent, probably over-cautious over the pandemic. Like, we're not we're not going to restaurants or anything. Like, our bubble is still pretty small. We decided that, like, you know, the thing that we put so much time into the last two years was, like, getting that theater ready and making sure that it's safe. And, like, I think the decision that we made is, like, this is our safe space. This is where we're going to spend our time as opposed to going to parties and going to... I say that now. I mean, if this gets released and people see me somewhere, then I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> you liar! <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm immunocompromised and we have a new baby, so we're like, we're trying to play yeah. things really safe. So that was kind of our, our choice, was just like, hey, we work here anyway. This is where we're spending all our time. Why not? get some of the joy that we've been seeing all these other onstage performers get over the years. And hey, why not us for a couple of months? You know what I mean? So yeah. So anyway, my point was, it's interesting to suddenly be in other people's faces and acting again. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's been two years since I've really talked to anybody or like interacted or, you know, got close with them. And it's an even longer since I've been on stage. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to be thrown back into it. And I just, I just love doing it. I don't know how Charmaine and Kira feel about me sweating and spitting all over them but for me i'm having a blast (laughs) i don't know what to say about that that's super funny though i i guess i never really asked you about you mentioned your little guy and uh, congratulations by the way that must be very exciting so so what's it like being a, a new dad and and working in the theater and managing all of that kind of stuff do you think you guys will get him into theater stuff i mean we'll see i mean we we've had conversations where it's just like i mean if he grows up and he's like i like sports we're gonna be like we don't know what to do with what you kids. yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you go hang out with your grandfather i guess <laughs> me and Catherine, don't me and your mother don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna do but i i would hope so i mean i would never want to be the parent that forces anything mm-hmm. on a kid who doesn't want to do it you know you see it all the time like there's there's kids who who show up at the theater who do not want to be there and i would never want to be that parent but yeah well see i mean like he's he kind of has no choice he's gonna be in that building a lot in his uh, early life so we'll see so maybe he'll get sick of it early on and just not want to do any of it but being a parent is i'm gonna get a lot of flack from other parents it's surprisingly easy i don't know what all the the hoopla's I like to I like to tell my parent friends and like I don't know what you guys were complaining about. It's just it's incredible. We have a very easy baby. He sleeps through the night that he never cries. And I and I'm not exaggerating. Like wow. he doesn't cry at all. He's a very happy baby. Uh, he smiles from the second he wakes up. So we go in to wake him up from his nap and sleep too long and he's just like all he's just Hi, oh hi. He's also waking up in a room that I turned into a Disneyland ride. It's a full-on jungle room. I don't know if you've seen pictures that I've posted. And he's still enamored by it. He's still, he doesn't even, he has no reference point. He doesn't know what a tiger or a snake is, but he's looking at these things like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, being a parent has been incredible. I mean, like, obviously that should have been the first thing I said. Being a parent is been incredible. It's something that I've wanted for a very long time. And, and yeah, we see through someone else's eyes how cool we want our lives to be, how fun we want our lives to be, I think. It's kind of how I look at it. I just, I can't wait to just watch Disney movies with them when he actually cares. <laughs> We've tried to put the TV on. I, I don't know what this box of colors is supposed to mean to me. We really like music, though. Okay. We found that. He, we play music for him, I think, every single day of his life. I don't think we've... He's eight, eight months old. I don't think he's missed a day. So so that'll be cool. And we, we're starting to see, like, he, his, some of his toys, he's, like, shaking to the beat, which is really oh, wow. crazy. Oh, wow. Got rhythm already. Dang. 
I'm also a drummer, so people are like, oh, he's going to be a drummer. I'm like, oh, our neighbors are going to hate us. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we've tried, because again, I'm excited to watch movies with him. Like, I know every parent's like, you can't, but we've tried. Just like, oh, do you see this Disney movie? So sometimes my wife will have friends on in the background, and he does not care about Ross and Rachel's problems. But whenever the theme song comes on, he perks up and uh-huh. he, because of the music. And then as soon as the theme song is over, he's like, oh, I'm I just done don't with this. He's even clapping along. Cute. Gonna be way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm like, holy crap. That's impressive. He's a baby. I should think <laughs> that you guys would be super fun as parents. Like just all of the, the family promo style movies you guys have done. And yeah, looking at the photo shoots for Halloween, it was Jurassic Park. Yeah. It was super yeah. cool. Like I, I don't know how that kid wouldn't end up being super creative, just being immersed in that. Other than maybe the rebellion. And maybe he's really good right now because in his teenager years, he's just going to be a hellion. Then all of your your friends who have kids are going to be like, Nan, Anna, boo, boo. Your kid's a demon now. No, no, they're saying that already. Oh. You're not the only. Whenever people say I was being a parent, I'm like, oh, it's great, and they're like, yeah, well, it's gonna get bad. Like they, <laughs> or they'll say the next child will be. Fair enough. Uh, Another thing I wanted to talk to you about is the sketch comedy impromptu show that you had a while back. Called Oh My God Show. I booked the theater with Brian. It was something that I've always wanted to do. Like I... I, w- I went through a phase where I was trying a couple different things. Yeah, Oh My God Show is the name of the sketch. I wanted it to be like this big, higher production value, multimedia, immersive sketch comedy show. I, I didn't want it to be kind of like, you know, straight SNL, the way they do things. I kind of wanted to, like, what does a, a, a local kind of community theater sketch comedy show look like on a stage that big? And I wanted to try and have all these ideas. I mean, it was our first try and like it, a lot of sketches were still pretty small and 18 plus on purpose, the whole point was to tap into that bar crowd that wanted to not play the, the family values and whatnot. But uh, no, yeah, so I, for a good couple of years there, I was trying different stuff that was outside of the theater Sarnia, different groups that would, that would book that place, was just trying different stuff. I did uh, Cinematis and Cinema Adventure. They were full-on rides, like kind of like a haunted house style, a 4D interactive show. Cinematis was the haunted house one where people would come into the theater, they would go down that the, the tunnel beside the auditorium and come in, like, only groups of like 30 so like we turn all the lights off and they'd sit in the theater in the dark and the point was that it was a small group and then there's people creatures hiding in the seats and stuff and then we used projections and had ghosts all on the walls and stuff and surrounding them and then the follow-up to that was cinema adventure which was more of like a disneyland like show where you'd go and sit in like it's like a full hour and there's characters and it's mostly a show but it gets immersive and throw things into the audience you can throw them back and stuff like that just yeah just fun kid stuff so then after that I was like, what else can I try? What will Brian allow me to do in this place? And ever since I was in film school, when I had the plan to, I'm going to move back to Sarnia and take everything I know and just start a thing there, was, and I had the title, it was going to be Oh My God Show, spelled capital O, capital M, lowercase i, capital G, odd show, because you you need to spell titles of shows really weirdly if you want marketing to catch on and you want people to spell it wrong. And I always wanted to do an idea like that, where it was, it was sketches mixed with bands, mixed with big musical numbers, like stuff that you just you wouldn't normally see in like a, like a Toronto underground cabaret comedy show I want to make this big thing but yeah so that was uh, that was a long time coming that, that, that was a big deal for me to be able to do that we closed the show with uh, something I put together called uh, Teenage Dirtbag the Musical which was a seven minute version of the song Teenage <laughs> Dirtbag banded into a musical where we had characters and stuff so yeah that was fun the other weird thing about uh, this comedy show compared to other ones is that it had a massive cast. Like usually when it's a sketch comedy show, it's like five people do everything. And I think there was like 17 of us uh, and we're trying to squeeze them all in and, and trying to give people the opportunity to write their own sketches. So it wasn't all me and stuff. So it was, it was kind of a mishmash of stuff, but people, people seem to like it. Did that answer your question? I, I it did. It did. Um, I really love hearing about. I loved hearing about the haunted house type thing that you were just describing. I got little like chills. I love being <laughs> spooked a, a lot. And even just as you were describing it, I was like, "Oh, that sounds so cool!" So I hope that you'll you'll do that again. Yeah, we did it two years in a row. Maybe yeah, maybe someday we'll do it again. Uh, yeah, it was so much fun. It was, without giving too much away, basically we, we put together a few uh, old school movie trailers, like old black and white ones that would play on the projection screen. So Brent Wilkinson, actor extraordinaire, who is one of our one of our male best in the company, was he would play this ghost 
host who you would meet in the tunnel. And uh, the story behind it is that he owned the old Capitol Theater and he he ran it and and he but, but he also he made movies on the side. I don't even remember what the, <laughs> what, the, what the plot was, but basically he was inviting you in for a night of of cinema. You were gonna watch. Uh, a film on the old projector, which was haunted. The, the old projector was haunted, by the way. But you may not make it past the previews. So the the setup of the whole show was you would watch a couple of movie trailers for other movies, and then the projector would malfunction, which means the movie trailer would come to life and everything would come out of the screen. So the first one was a haunted house one. So we had uh, ghosts coming out of it. I think we had spiders crawling on the walls, and we had people, we had people catwalks uh, oh sprinkling about pieces of black yarn so when they fell on oh, you oh god like oh that would you. be so freaky uh, but i think we had like four projectors going one on the main projector and then we had two other secret ones that were on the wall so like everything would really expand from the projector and then the second trailer we wanted to completely flip it on its head and we did a sci-fi one i mean oh, we made cool. a really cheesy sci-fi trailer and then it breaks down and then all these aliens come out and we designed these uh these alien body suits where they were covered in black light paint so we turn all the black lights on and we had these hoods that we put eyes on and then a little pouch in the front that we could put an iPhone in uh, that would play a video of a little eye looking around. It was very oh, cool. cool. Okay, that sounds and, awesome. And oh, all the audience with little laser guns from the dollar store to like shoot at the aliens that were going through. Cute. And we made little pockets in the aliens' jumpsuits that had green glow-in-the-dark silly strings. So when they got shot, they grabbed themselves ah. and they'd silly string at the audience. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was fun time. that sounds so fun. <laughs> that would be so fun to be an audience member, but also be a part of. That's, oh, that sounds super fun. I hope that you do that again. Super, super yeah, fun. Yeah, someday. Uh, and then I was thinking about getting back to Christmas and you <laughs> decorating. When you were talking about decorating your son's room all immersive in the jungle and that kind of thing i was thinking about what your house must look like at christmas time and if it would be different now with the little guy and if you're gonna will there be a christmas photo shoot we've actually we've actually been talking about it yes what's interesting is like the last definitely since Catherine and i have been together there hasn't been a lot of decorating for halloween or christmas because we don't have time we've uh. been at the theater i think this past halloween was the first cap and i looked at each other we were like this I don't think I don't remember the last time I dressed up because usually there's a show in like usually we have an opening or a, an October time slot and then same with Christmas there's just so many shows happening that like we definitely get a tree up every year but I haven't like gone full out decking my whole house since I was in like my twenties and was throwing parties every night and being the crazy person that I was and but yeah so it's weird that, like that we'll I, like I said before we put a lot of our decorative efforts into uh set dressing and stuff at the theater that we come home to a messy house and a lot of our house doesn't get decorated because we just don't have time mm -hmm. but yeah i i, I hope hopefully this christmas we are afforded to so that his first christmas is more than just a, a tree right mm -hmm. yeah it, it's i never really thought about it that way it's interesting that i would go crazy with his jungle room but we don't really do the normal decorating the house things. I think we put up like one strand of like pumpkin lights for Halloween, and that's all we really had time for this year. But yes, since you said it, we're going to go nuts for Christmas. That's okay. That'll be the plan. <laughs> Definitely a photo okay, shoot. We've been talking a family Christmas card. I, I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. We'll do it. Okay, good. We're on it. Okay, good. <laughs> holding you to it okay so now uh the floor is yours is there anything that you want to plug or talk about i mean other than I, i'm trying to think of like non-theater stuff but like it's all we do right so come to the okay. theater we're, we're doing shows again i'm not sure when you're going to air this but for announcing we're going to do an actual screening of step into christmas the, i was going to ask that, yeah, whether or not you're going to yeah. do another screening of it so will it be available in the same way through the website i'm not sure if it'll if we're going to stream it again again oh it's, you mean it, like it, a we'll, screening like actually show it in the oh fun yes oh come fun. to the theater and watch people oh, <laughs> which is something awesome. that craving here it was the weirdest feeling finishing a movie that i was very very proud of and then it's like, here you go, internet. And then I just—it <laughs> was just like, I hope, I hope they like it. I don't know. So that'll be great. That'll that'll be something that I, I'm definitely looking forward to. Is watching this movie. I'm very proud of with actual people and hearing real reactions to it. So yeah, so that that'll be uh, December 
18 is when it's happening. And actually, when you were talking about going back into the theater, I wondered about how you guys found out what you could and couldn't do. Were businesses contacted with this information in terms of what your COVID standards were or what you could get away with? Or was it more of a research scenario? I cannot stress enough how much Brian Austin Jr. has diligently followed every day and the crazy day-to-day changes there have been, the amount of emails he gets every time there's an Ontario release of new information. So there was definitely a time between March 2020 and probably after the movie was done, January 1st, 2021, where I was pretty closely following stuff because like I was in a mode of, of, what, of what, what we could do. Again, just every day we were racking our brains like, oh, could we do this? Could we film this? Could we, you know what I mean? Like it, it was like a, a long stretch of time. And then I think once we hit, yeah, January, 2021 or February and things just started locking down, opening up, locking down again, I definitely kind of gave up just wa- watching the news and, and trying to follow what it was. And I was just kind of like, you, you tell me when we're, we're going to do stuff. But again, Brian was never afforded that opportunity to just be like, I'm just going to give up. You know what I mean? Like he's been working so hard this whole pandemic. So I don't even know how to answer that question because I kind of gave up. It's not, I mean, it's not my job to follow that stuff. We certainly spent a lot of time calling him and texting him, trying to offer help, yeah. but there's not much we could do. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, he's just kind of on his own to, to do a lot of the stuff. But yeah, it was quite a long time of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of what we were allowed to do. Like when we did War of the Worlds, it was the first time we had people back in. Like that was back when like people telling each other to, to wash wash their hands was still a big thing. For our first read through, everyone was still in masks and we had them spread out like 10 feet apart through the theater. We had to schedule stuff where we... And a lot of Step Into Christmas was filmed this way too, where we would film one person on one day and film the other person in the same scene another day, like not even socially distanced, but socially time distance. Like they're not even on the same day, you know what I mean? And then I would edit it back together. So like we were, and again, we're not, I'm not saying that we're any less diligent now, but it was it was hard to keep up with all the different rules and stuff. And like, unfortunately we're, we're still, I don't know how much I should say about it, but like, unfortunately Carrie Beauchamp is unable to do her Nightingale chorus this year because she doesn't want to do that show without 150 people on that stage. Like, that's what that show is, is just fill that stage with a giant chorus and costumes. And I think that the la- like the cutoff point for when she was going to have enough time to rehearse it and get it, get it all ready, I, again, I think, I, I think that that's what happened. She was just like, I don't have any more, t- any more time to wait to start rehearsing this yeah. thing. And the rules are now, we can't have that many people on stage. But yeah, r- rules are changing every single day. And, but I just, yeah, I cannot stress enough just how much Brian Austin Jr. has done and how much he continues to do to this day. We just talked to him that he's still like, yes, we're open, but there's still so much work to be done. And we have a new staff, but it's still very, a very small staff. I just want to make sure that like everyone is as appreciative as possible of the work that he's put in so that we have the privilege to come back to this theater and yeah. get to do stuff and just the minefield of crazy stuff that has happened over the past two years of, yeah, like you said, us trying to follow rules, us trying to, what are we allowed to do? What it was, you know what I mean? And, and keeping everyone safe and Brian, Brian Austin Jr. for the win. <laughs> no kidding. I can't imagine the level of pressure and stress that would be oh, involved in all of that. Okay. Well, I think... <laughs> positively um well i i can't say enough thank you and see i can't eat my words are i'm very grateful that you came and had some time for me to chat definitely enjoyed myself i hope you did as well thank you thank you oh yeah yeah thank you for having me i don't ever get to do this people usually cut me off because i'm just saying stuff no one wants to hear usually (laughs) (laughs) who are these people uh i mean i I'm usually uh, a grumpy old man. I'm usually like, kids today, <laughs> cut cut that part out. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, quote, kids today, unquote. Oh, no promises. I think mean, that, that was... I mean, I'm, in the that I'm, I'm usually moody and complaining and stuff. I would never complain about the kids today. The kids today are... <laughs> kids today are right. I'm Other things. <laughs> shaking my cat, get off my lawn sort of thing so the fact that i'm actually able to to ramble without someone cutting me off is great so thank you for that okay <laughs> people should cut me off more is what i'm saying oh okay <laughs> i definitely didn't feel like i needed to cut you off so it was actually kind of nice even to just chat about the editing part because it has been 
pretty stressful at times. So there's been times where, I don't know, this this weird editing thing with this Camtasia. I save obsessively, save, 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 save. And every once in a while, say I'll make a mistake and I'll hit undo and it'll jump me back like 20 minutes of editing, which is, it's so bizarre. And I, I never think, my husband actually, he was like, well, why didn't you just close it? and then reopen it, and then you'd probably be back to where you were. And I didn't think of that, so there was a few times where I was, like, redoing all of this editing because I was so exhausted and emotionally spent that I didn't think about just closing it and reopening it. When he said that, I was like, oh, my God, that is the most simple. I have wasted hours of my life not thinking of that. Well, in words of comfort, Dallas doesn't get better. <laughs> uh, okay. It only gets better. I would never, I, I'm with you, I would never think to close and open something because I'd be afraid that that would lose everything. I've been there before. I'm like, maybe my computer just needs a reboot and then my life reboots. And then everything's gone, yeah. It doesn't get better. Okay. No matter how many more up-to-date devices you get, no matter how and, and many new programs you change, we, uh, we, we're, we're doing the Lord's work as editors. And it's a thankless job and it's, it's worse than doing sewer work. I think I believe that. Okay, well, thanks for the pep talk. It does get more fun. I, I absolutely love editing. I had, I, again, I wanted to make sure, like, I quoted them properly because I wanted to talk about editing today. I wanted to, like, leave on some, like, insightful thing, of like, well, a way of looking at editing. My, I had an editing teacher when I went to film school, and he put this way better than I'm about to put it, that to be an editor is kind of like, he compared it to being uh, Cyrano de Bergerac in that he makes the performer look better. The, the performer in Cyrano de Bergerac, who's a bumbling person and can't put words together, and, and Cyrano is feeding the message into his ear and making that thing look perfect when it really, in, in essence, in all its raw glory, is a mess. And if you're a good editor... No one will notice mm. the editing. If you're a bad editor, everyone it's will glaring. notice. Because yeah, that's that's kind of and, and with this podcast, that's kind of what you're doing, right? Like you said, you want to take an hour and a half and crunch it down to a half hour, and it's not just a timing thing, but like you said, you want to make people sound professional. O only someone like me would pick up on the fact that there were little spaces cut out of people to to smush it down. But yeah, you as an editor in your your growing career as an editor. Uh, are going to do great things for people because that's these, these are the things I have to tell myself as an editor. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're doing a great job. You're you're giving back. Are you sure you're not just making movies, Ian? No, 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 no. <laughs> Come you're, on, man. You're elevating everyone in your life. <laughs> okay, now that was a pep talk. Okay, that's all for today. Make sure you get your tickets to the live screening of Step Into Christmas and all of the fabulous upcoming holiday shows. I will include the link in the show notes. Next week, we continue the festive spirit with Catherine Soulier. See you then.